Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the I'm Open Podcast. It's our first show of 2018, the new year, and we could not be more fired up for the show today. We have so many hot and juicy stories. They will remind you of a Bahama Mama bratwurst fresh off of the grill. I'm telling you guys, we're coming in hot today for the first show of 2018. We have got a lot to cover. We're going to talk about whether or not video games can make you better at sports. We're going to talk about which star athlete will be spending the night in prison tonight. And we're also going to be talking about which star athlete has been to the most bar and bat mitzvah parties. All coming up next on the I'm Open Podcast. So here we are, the I'm Open Podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for keeping your minds open, keeping your hearts open. And we're excited to kick off 2018. It's going to be an awesome year for the I'm Open podcast and all of our family and friends out there around the world. The first topic we're going to cover today is from a sport that we've had some criticism for in the past, but we have to admit that we're a little bit uh, surprised and we're a little bit proud today of golf. That's right. I know I've been critical of golf in the past. I know we've had a lot of different things to say about how we think it's boring, how we think it's old-fashioned. But today, golf is actually making a change that we think is incredible. So let's have a round of applause for the sport of golf for the first and maybe only time here on the I Am Open podcast. So the USGA just decided, just announced, that starting 2018 this year, golf will eliminate the rule that allows viewers to call in and report a violation. Now let me break this down a little bit. This is one of the craziest rules in sports, and I really can't believe that this was a rule until this year. I'm proud of golf. Even though you guys are a little behind the times, I'm proud of golf for throwing away its metaphorical VCR in this stupid-ass old rule and moving forward a little bit. Now, golf literally had a rule where if you're some nerd watching golf at home who notices that a player, a golfer, excuse me, breaks a rule, some infraction during the game of golf, during their round, you can actually call in and report this, and they can lose a stroke. They can be penalized. There's been several times when professional golfers have actually lost tournaments, received penalties based on calls reported by viewers. Now, first of all, to me, this is just snitching. That's what we call snitching. If I was a golfer, if I was a professional golf- golfer who had worked my ass off to finally be in position to win a tournament, and then some dweeb rules bitch calls in, who's obsessed with the rules, calls in and says, this man broke the rules and loses me that tournament, that money. That could be hundreds of thousands of dollars you lose just because some uptight little guy... Or lady, I'm sorry, I know there's lady golf fans too. I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt, ladies. Calls in (laughs) and reports you. 
I would be so pissed. What does that person have to gain? What does that fan at home have to gain other than just ruining somebody's day and taking some money out of their pocket? Do they think they're preserving the integrity of the sport? I mean, good grief. It's not really your responsibility. Honestly, if you're the type of person who's going to call in a rules violation during a golf round, you're probably the type of person who would tell on somebody for filling their free water cup with lemonade. Okay, why do you have to ruin somebody else's day? There's still plenty of lemonade left for you, or Sprite, or Dr. Pepper, whatever you want. Without you telling on somebody, just let them use their little free water cup. If you snitch on somebody for violating a golf rule from your couch at home and you call in and you feel like that's your responsibility, you're probably the type of person who calls the police when you see a meter that's expired just to make sure the person gets a ticket or towed. Why? Why? There's plenty of other parking spots. You weren't even going to park there. You were biking. And why do you have to just ruin somebody else's day? I don't understand people like that. I really don't. Mind your own business. It's okay. Here at the I'm Open Podcast, we are proponents of lifting other people up. That's what we try to do every single day. We do not really see any value, any personal gain in bringing other people down and going out of your way. To affect other people's lives in a negative way. We just can't get down with that. So we're very disappointed in all these people in the past who have called in these rules violations. And we're really glad. We're surprised. We're shocked. We're proud. And we're hopeful that golf is maybe moving forward by finally removing this rule. And look, there's people who get paid lots of money to monitor these golf tournaments as referees do for every sport and umpires, etc., They are getting paid plenty to make sure these guys are following the rules, okay? So why don't you just sit at home, enjoy your pretzels, and enjoy your Amstel Light or Chardonnay or whatever people who like golf drink. A sport we like a little bit more than golf is basketball. I usually try to keep my personal opinions, my personal beliefs out of the show. No, that's a lie. That's the whole thing the show is. But what I do do is I usually try to keep the teams I support out of the show. I usually don't try to let my biases. Well, that's not true. I do let my biases color the show. But the point is, I usually don't tell you guys which teams I like or don't like. I just try to tell you guys about what's going on. But today I have to make a plea on behalf of one of the teams I really love, and that's the Washington Wizards. They play basketball. For all those who don't know, they're having a great season so far. Not as good as they could be doing. But this is probably one of the most talented Wizards teams we've ever had, definitely in my lifetime. And this has been a team that's had a lot of ups and downs over the years, and most of them have been downs. So I'm really excited about this season. I'm really excited about the potential for this talented squad. But I'm calling on all my Wizards fans out there. We really have to step up, and we really have to start forming an identity as fans. Now I know it's tough 
when we have one of the lamest names of all. It's really hard to cheer for a team. The Wizards, that sounds so corny, and the name sounds really soft. Honestly, it doesn't sound intimidating. It's hard to say Wizards and and not feel like you're waiting for the Harry Potter premiere or something. But I think as Wizards fans, we need to embrace this and we need to start using this to intimidate other teams and to support our team. You're a wizard, a wizard, and a thumping good and I'd wager. So I'm calling on all you Wizards fans out there the next time you are watching the Wizards live in person or even at home in front of your TV. I want people to start chanting out wizard spells, whatever spell you might know, maybe Alohomora, Expelliarmus, whatever you have up your wizarding sleeve when the wizards make a big play. I think it would be really awesome. I don't think any other team has any cheers like it, and I think it would be a way of turning this really corny nickname on its head and using it for good, using it to empower our team. So let me give you guys a little example how it would be. Maybe say... Ball, the alley-oop, and the score from Porter. Expecto Patronum! See how it just works, Expelliarmus, right? And it's wizards, we can cheer, you can high-five, you can say whatever spell you like or you know it doesn't have to be from Harry Potter but let's take ownership over our wizard's name and let's take ownership over our wizarding craft and let them know who's really got the charm that's us okay so so don't be shy out there I hope to hear you guys chanting all your favorite spells the next time the wizards make big plays Somebody else who really loves basketball other than me, that's LeBron James. He, I, I think, based on some sources I've been connected to and I've been able to be in touch with, um, I, I'm pretty sure that LeBron James likes basketball a lot. I'm going to say I'm 95% sure about that. And he was actually talking about how recently he's been preparing for his teammate Isaiah Thomas to return to the team. He's been out for the whole beginning of the season nursing a sore hip, which he decided not to have surgery on. He just decided to rehab until he could get his hip back to full strength. So now he is back just starting off with the Cavs. LeBron James has been asked if he thought it would be hard to transition into playing with Isaiah Thomas, his new teammate, after they haven't played all year and they'd never played together before. Well, LeBron's got an interesting technique and an interesting way to practice playing with Isaiah Thomas, and that is playing video games. That's right. LeBron James has actually said that he is using video games to practice playing as himself 
with his team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, so he can figure out how he and Isaiah Thomas will play together and to figure out their chemistry before they even start playing together. Now, this is pretty interesting. This is what James actually said, according to ESPN's David McMenamin, about playing 2K. He said, it's the most realistic basketball game you could ever play. I mix and match a lot of lineup changes to see how we can be really good. I've done that. Well, that's awesome, LeBron. To all these kids out there whose parents tell them you can't play any more video games, you can only play an hour a day, video games are bad for your brain, video games will make your eyes bleed, just tell them LeBron James plays video games. And that's why he's so good at basketball. Okay, so maybe video games really do make you great. It also could be the fact that he's six foot nine, two hundred and sixty five pounds, and can jump over a truck. But video games, I guess, must be helping him as well. The one thing I just want to caution LeBron James everybody's good in video games, everybody looks good in video games. So don't get too sold on we're going to be really good because if you're good at video games, you can make your team look really good. If you suck, it'll seem like you suck. So you might feel like you're doing really good. That actually might just be you playing video games. That might not necessarily be the real skill set of Isaiah Thomas. Also, when you're playing video games, you get to decide, LeBron, what every single player does on the court. So if you want all of them to pass to you and let you dunk it every single time, you can. But in real life, they're not really going to be down with that. And Isaiah Thomas is known for dribbling the ball, dribbling the ball, dribbling again, dribbling again, and then shooting it. And did I mention passing it? No. So that's one tough thing about real life versus video games, LeBron, is you can't actually, I know you think you can, but you don't actually have mind control over the rest of your teammates. I mean, you, you do control their minds in some way, but you can't literally control their every action, their every move on the court as much as I'm sure you would like to, LeBron. So even though this is a good way for you to practice maybe how it would look having you guys together on the court, I don't think this is a full explanation and a full proxy for what it's actually going to be like playing with Isaiah, but I'm glad that for all of the NBA 2K fans out there and for all the video game fans out there, you'll legitimize that playing video games can really make you better at your craft. So thank you, LeBron James. So another sport that we've had some harsh words for in the past is baseball. Now, baseball, we don't hate you. We think you have potential. I even played baseball for a long time myself, and I had fun sometimes. But we just think you can do better. And you need to stop being so stuck in the past and also maybe try being a little bit more exciting. Now, something we were talking about is how during baseball games, you almost get bored. People are eating snacks. People are chatting. People are picking at their 
crotch. People are picking at their butt cracks. People are eating sunflower seeds, throwing sunflower seeds at each other. Who even knows? It's like people are just looking for different ways to pass the time. That's why they call it America's pastime. Because people are just looking for ways to pass the time through a baseball game until the damn thing is over. So, we just learned about probably the most interesting, unique, and raunchy way baseball players have passed this time. And that is thanks to Daryl Strawberry. He's a legend of the 80s from the New York Mets. And he was a great, great outfielder, a great athlete. And he also faced some problems with addiction. Um, and we never, ever, ever want to make light of addiction. We, it's not a joke. That's not something that's funny. And we're really happy for Daryl that he's been able to find help, that he's been able to get his life on the right track, and that he's now been able to become an advocate for folks who are suffering with addiction and substance abuse. So he, he's a really great guy, and, and we're proud of the progress he's made. We're proud of the man he is today. Daryl did not only have issues with substance abuse. He also had issues with being addicted to sex. He was a sex addict. And he actually admitted recently on the Dr. Oz show that he would have sex in the middle of baseball games. In the middle of games. This is what he actually said. This is his quote to Dr. Oz live on the show. There are all kinds of very honest revelations that you share. One of them which really caught me off guard was an admission that you actually, in the middle of games, were so addicted to sex that you would actually go out and have sex in between innings. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, you know. I was, I was pretty crazy? Yeah, it was a pretty crazy lifestyle, you know. Uh, sex addiction, all addictions, and I heard you guys talking about sex addiction and, and drug addiction, eating addiction, all addictions has to do with behavior. Mm -hmm. If I never change the behavior, I can never get well from it. And we could stay in the addiction as long as we want to. And in middle of games, yeah, I would go between innings and stuff like that and, and, and run back and, you know, have a little party going on. And, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, that's just the addiction, the drive. Uh, but your teammates, the coaches, did they not know? Well, some of them covered for me. It was pretty cool. So there you have it. Daryl Strawberry literally took breaks in the middle of games when his team was hitting, he would just run back into the dugout and have a quickie. Now, I don't even know what to say. We know baseball was boring, but that really seems like it's pushing the limits. Now, the one thing to me that's a little bit off, it seems like Daryl is almost in like a way like a little too proud about this he's like coming on dr oz to sort of repent talk about things he's done wrong and talk about how other people shouldn't do them but then when he's talking about getting it in in between innings he's talking about how it was pretty cool seems like he thinks 
it's kind of cool in a way, even though, Daryl, you're supposed to be telling people this isn't okay. You're a recovering sex addict, and you're supposed to be telling people this isn't okay. But then when you say, yeah, it was pretty cool, no, you're not supposed to be saying it was cool. You're not supposed to be saying it was cool to do that and have have your teammates. I just can't believe as teammates, what if the coach was like, hey, where's 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 Daryl? What do you think his teammates said? Oh, he's just back. Um, he's just back taking a dump. How did they get the the women, or or maybe they were men? I don't know. How did they get the people who Daryl was getting intimate with into the locker room unnoticed? If they were noticed, how did that happen? Like I have so many questions about this. But my 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 advice to Daryl, I guess I'm really proud of you. I'm happy that you made all this progress, and I'm happy now that you're becoming an advocate for people who are dealing with these sorts of issues that you've dealt with as well. But maybe don't reminisce on these troublesome instances that you've had saying they were so cool because it kind of makes it seem like you don't regret it. kind of makes it seem like you're looking back on those days like, man, that was awesome. And that's not really the vibe we want to create here when you're supposed to be asking for forgiveness in a way and telling people not to do the same things you've done. So I appreciate the message. Maybe choose a different tone next time, Daryl. But we're definitely interested to hear about this. And uh, like we suspected, there's a lot of free time during baseball games. People are just coming up with different creative ways to kill that time. That's why it's America's pastime. Contavious Caldwell Pope, otherwise known as KCP, he plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. And when you see him next on the court, you might notice a special accessory he's wearing. It's not earrings. It's not a headband. It's not a knee brace. It's not a shooting sleeve. It's not a pinky sleeve. It's an ankle bracelet. And I'm not talking about an friendship bracelet that you can get when you go to the beach or when you go to camp and you make with your friends crafts after school. I'm talking about a GPS monitor bracelet that you wear when you violated a parole or when you are on parole. Uh, yes, KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope, will be wearing these an- this anklet while he's on the court for a month because he has violated his parole in December, um, this came from a DUI that he had last March. Then he failed to comply with the drug and alcohol screenings. This was in Michigan when he was playing for the Detroit Pistons. So he was supposed to undergo random tests based on having this DUI. And since he failed to comply with those, he was sentenced to a month in prison. Now here is the catch. He is still allowed to have work release. So he's allowed to leave prison, wake up in the prison, drive and go actually play for the Lakers. 
during the day. He's allowed to keep doing his job. He's just not allowed to leave the state of California. So as long as the Lakers are playing either a home game or a game against another team from California, of which there are several, Contavious is allowed to play. But if they go on the road, he will not be allowed to play. He will be in prison. So I hope it doesn't slow him down. I hope having the anklet on doesn't throw off his balance on the court. And I just wonder what it's like literally playing an NBA game with all these other superstars. The other guys are talking about which clubs they want to go to and which steakhouse they want to go to after the game or whether they want to go to Nobu or whether they want to go to Morton's. Meanwhile, Contavious is ready to put on his prison jumpsuit and go eat some mush in the prison yard and wait for the next game. Now, it's kind of hard to believe that they still are even letting him play, but I guess it's, it's he didn't commit a violent crime or anything. It's just for, for, for violating his parole, so he is still allowed to have this work release. Um, it's a really interesting story, and I wonder if it's going to affect... You know, he's probably not going to have the sleep he's used to having, not going to have the diet he's used to having. And these pro athletes have such controlled environments, such controlled schedules that they are used to. I wonder if having this situation going on is going to throw Contavious off. Luckily for the Lakers, or unluckily, they weren't really going anywhere anywhere this anyway this season. So, doesn't really hinder their playoff chances because they didn't have any but it, it, it is a really bizarre situation and obviously we wish Cantavius the best I hope that he has a nice time in prison I hope he uh, is able to get home soon and I hope he's able to keep balling and he doesn't let that distract him too much over these next couple weeks while he's serving that sentence We've got to do something very special that we always do every single show, and that is to recognize our Mask Off Performer of the Week. Of course, this segment is inspired by Future, the one and only. Ocean now, yeah. cruising big 
Pushing my yacht drillin' Be it fine Percocet Yeah Miley Percocet Be it fine Percocet Yeah Miley Percocet Be it fine Rep the set Yeah Gotta rep the set Gang Chase a chick Yeah Never chase a bitch Be it fine Mask on Yeah Fuck it mask on Be it fine Mask on Yeah Fuck it mask on Be it fine Percocet Yeah Miley Percocet Be it fine Chase a chick Yeah Never chase a bitch Chase no bitches This week our mask off Performer of the Week Award goes to Kyle O. Quinn of the New York Knicks. Now, many of you guys, even if you're big sports fans, you may not have even heard of Kyle. That's okay. He's, by all accounts, a really fun and nice guy. Everybody who has played on the same team with Kyle loves playing with him. He's supposed to be a really cool guy, funny guy, good personality, good sense of humor, good teammate. He was a star for the Norfolk State Spartans and led them to a big-time upset in the NCAA March Madness Tournament when he was in college. Then he was a very late pick by the Orlando Magic. He's been bouncing around the league. But he's, by all accounts, a good guy. He's got a great beard. And he's got a good sense of humor. And lately, he's become the Bar Mitzvah King of New York. That is right. Kyle O'Quinn has been going to bar and bat mitzvahs like crazy. And he... Loves it. This is a real quote from Kyle. The parties are crazy, he says. I did one, I did two, and the next thing you know, I was just bar mitzvah man. Yes, that is true. He's calling himself bar mitzvah man. Now, the Knicks, this isn't their first time. Maybe it's been around all those Jewish folks in New York City because Amari Stoudemire, when he was a Nick, actually converted to Judaism. And then he, he actually also started taking baths and red wine. I don't think that was really related. But Kyle now, he's calling himself a bar mitzvah man. I don't think he's converted yet. But he has started going as a special guest to bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs around New York City. And he is loving it. So he's not going to quit any time soon. Now, I'm sure these kids just freak out when Kylo Quinn, who is about seven feet tall, at least 250 pounds, he's a big man, rolls into their bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah and starts working it on the dance floor, mingling and eating finger foods. I mean, I'm sure these kids and their families lose it. And to be honest, Kyle's not really a star for the Knicks, even though all of his teammates and everybody, you know, he's a fan favorite. People really like him. He's supposed to be a great guy. He's not really a star for the Knicks. It's great for him that he's found a place where he can be the star, and that is at these bar mitzvahs. You know, for the Knicks, they have better players. They have better superstars who people, you know, pay more attention to. But at these bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, when Kyle O'Quinn goes, he is the main man. He's the one who everybody is focused on. And he's the superstar. That's awesome for him to find a place where he can be the big shot 
and the main attraction. Now, Kyle, it's not like he's making pennies. He's making about $4 million this year, a little bit more. So we don't need to feel bad for him at all. But another thing to think about, it is a little supplemental income for Kyle on the side. So he's a very smart businessman. Now, some players, like LeBron, he's getting money from Nike. James Harden, he's getting money from Adidas. People get money from Vitamin Water, all Gatorade, Sprite, all different types of companies who sponsor NBA athletes. Now, to my knowledge, I don't think Kyle O'Quinn at this moment really has a lot of sponsorship deals, really has a lot of side money coming in being the face of any products. So it's pretty awesome for him to be on his side hustle. Even if you're making $4 million this year, everybody could use a few extra little bones on the side. Right? Can use a couple extra shillings for a rainy day. So this is a really smart move by Kyle. Start a side business and long, long after you're done playing in the NBA, you will still be able to go to Bart Mitzvahs. Because look, even if you can't dunk anymore, even if you can't run up and down the court anymore, you'll always be Kyle Quinn, the Bar Mitzvah man. You'll always be almost seven feet tall. And the little Jewish boys will always and girls will always be very excited to have you at their bar mitzvah dancing around being a goofball. So Kyle O'Quinn, keep it up. The bar mitzvah man. Thanks again for joining us at the I'm Open podcast today. We're happy if we made your commute a little bit smoother, put a little smile on your face, or maybe even taught you something new. We always appreciate your openness and your support. Everybody, have a great night, and don't forget to stay open.